everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again, to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. On today's show, I have Sarah Clark and we are talking about fertility. And before I get into a little bit further about Sarah and the topic and what we discussed in the show, I do want to give you uh, a little bit of an introduction. This is one of our legacy episodes uh, left over from when this show was called Fitfluential Radio. So you will hear a couple of references uh, to Fitfluential Radio and just wanted you to know where that was coming from. Essentially, we when we rebranded this show and rebranded the social media platforms, um, we also changed production companies. And the production company that we used to use before for producing our shows, there were some shows that we were under the impression were produced and they weren't. We thought there were some shows that were live and they weren't. It took a deep dive audit and a lot of back-end work to, you know, get everything in alignment and know what was live, what wasn't live and so on and so forth. So just letting you know, that's what we had to do on the back end. And so there's just a few shows left, this being one of them uh, that we are working to get live. Um, I think I've got just two left after this. Um, But I am excited to have found this episode because so many of you in this audience, I don't have kids of my own. I never wanted to have kids of my own. Um, But I do know so many of you are young moms, and quite a lot of you have shared your struggles with fertility. And so I was very excited to have Sarah on the show because she has her own personal experience in dealing with infertility and now helps others uh, down that path. So just to give you a little blurb from her online bio, says here, and and her website, we'll link this up in the show notes. It's called, I love this, fabfertile.com. It says, after her children were born, uh, Sarah's health began to suffer. She experienced chronic bladder infections, chronic sinus infections, yeast infections worsened, toenail infections, vertigo, seasonal allergies, allergies to multiple antibiotics, and eczema. Years later, she realized the root cause of her infertility was a food intolerance and later a gut infection. She did not discover this link until she was fully in menopause. Her message is one of hope. If you are still cycling naturally, there are steps that we can take 
to with the tools of functional medicine. And that is, again, speaking to folks that are looking to have their infertility issues addressed. So you can find out more information about uh, her company, what they do, how they help people with infertility. We'll link that up in the show notes. But for right now, sit back and enjoy. This is about a 38-minute interview where we talk about infertility. What are some of the causes? What are some of the approaches that women can take if they feel like they've tried everything? And I know you're really going to come away with quite a lot of actionable insights from this uh, chat with Sarah. So sit back and enjoy. Again, this is about a 38-minute episode interview on the subject of infertility with Sarah Clark. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fitfluential Radio. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa, and today on the show, we welcome Sarah Clark. Sarah, are you ready to go? Awesome. Excited. I am really thrilled to have you. As as you and I chatted before we started recording, um, I've had a couple people in the past few weeks that I have interviewed where this topic that we're going to dive into today of infertility has come up. And it's been so fascinating for me. I'm not a mom myself, but I certainly know a lot of women in our fitfluential community and even some people in my family and extended family who have experienced this. And it's just such an emotional uh, journey, if you will, that these couples deal with when tr- with trying to conceive. And I love hearing from, I'm excited to hear your story, but I've heard from some other guests, uh, you know, a positive outcome and how they've um, figured out a positive outcome to address infertility with many lifestyle changes. Not, you know, some people think, oh, it has to be surgery. It has to be pills. It has to be something complex and expensive. And it's, it's fantastic to hear this. So I'm very, very thrilled to have you on the show and welcome. Whenever I do have somebody on the show, though, for the first time, I always love for our listeners to get to know you. And in that case, I'd like to ask, you know, when was it for you, Sarah, that you first got interested into leading a healthier lifestyle or a fitness-focused lifestyle? When was that for you in your life and why was that? Yeah, I think I've always been fairly you know, I grew up, when I grew up, um, I, my parents were vegan, were vegetarian, and they turned vegan when I left the house. So I grew up with kind of a very healthy lifestyle. And then, um, and then the kind of, I started consuming the standard Western diet. And then I, you know, I had my, my, my fertility challenges. So I'd probably say like, to really completely, because I would have said, and most people I speak to that are dealing with infertility, they kind of say, oh, I'm eating a clean diet. But as we dig into that further, we realize that maybe it's not as clean as we thought. So i probably didn't completely figure this out until I was 40 and I'm 47. So yeah. Nice to have somebody. I'm 49. So it's nice to have, uh, I mean, we have such a a diverse group of, of individuals coming on the show, but ages. And, and actually the lady that I interviewed last week was, was very young. Um, to and have it and to have had, excuse me, experienced infertility issues at such a young age, but then also to have figured out, you know, for her, a lot of it was changing her diet. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, you you already did a, a perfect segue there. You you mentioned, hey, I was eating healthy, I was leading, you know, and you adapted to a Western diet. But for you, well, how did? tell us about your infertility story. Like when did that happen? And then when did you start looking into ways of potentially addressing infertility yourself? And that's a loaded question. So feel free to <laughs> feel free to explain as much and as deeply as you, as you possibly can. Cause I probably should have separated that into two questions. 
No, it's fine. Yeah. So like really for me and my, I started having menopausal hot flashes in my early twenties. I remember I was in HR at the time and I was fanning myself kind of joking, Oh, menopausal hot flashes. And at that point I had irregular periods. I had a weird fungal rash in my chest and chronic yeast infections. Um, wow. At that time I had no idea any of these were, you know, tied to my, to my um, later diagnosed with infertility, but I, I had a plan where I wanted to get married at 25. So I got married at 25, one of my kids at 28. So all along, I was still having irregular periods and we're talking maybe a couple times a year. So at that point, I'm like, this is a great, great. I don't need to worry about the monthly hassle. Uh, but then when I wanted to get pregnant and all my friends were getting pregnant, I thought, oh, okay, well, let's, let's go check this out. So I went to my OBGYN's office, went in there, and I was told that I had premature ovarian failure, which is a loss of function of ovaries before the age of 40. And I remember her reaching up on her shelf and grabbing the IVF brochure and telling me the only option I had to have was uh, to have children would be through donor eggs. And I remember leaving the the office, uh, not really even sure what it was she just even told me, um, completely in shock. But because I'm such a person of action, I didn't take any time to figure out any of those symptoms that I talked about before were were connected. And I marched straight to the fertility clinic. And... um, and I put myself on a, after speaking to my husband, honestly, we, we went on a, um, donor, a donor list and we were lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our daughter, Ava, who is 16. So this is many years ago, uh, when I said donor egg and people looked at me with blank stares. Now, unfortunately <laughs> due to our, you know, our standard Western diet lifestyle, people kind of have heard a little bit more about donor eggs. Um, and then we had two embryos uh, left over, and I wanted my children close together. And my husband's like, Sarah, you seem a little stressed. I'm like, no, no, we're going back in. Let's do this. Went back in, and then those two embryos didn't work. So then went back on another list for a separate donor. And um, again, we were lucky enough to have our son, Will, who's 13, um, on the first fresh transfer. So uh, you know, I was very fortunate to be able to have my children. And then after, because so many you know women struggle for years and years, so um, we were very fortunate, but then my, my health began to suffer. And after I had my daughter, I had nine colds in one year and every cold went into a sinus infection and I took antibiotics for every cold. Not a good idea. Um, I had vertigo, I had dandruff, I had chronic bladder infections, peeing out blood. I became allergic to like every antibiotic. And I, um, at one point I thought I had fleas cause the, cause the, um, and I was allergic to the antibiotics and they were causing hives and we you know, fumigated the whole entire house because I thought the dog had got fleas. That's why I was scratching. Mm-hmm. No, it was the hives. Um, yeah. And I, and at that point I, I was, as I say, I was so allergic to so many antibiotics. I didn't really know what to do, but so my immune system was just really compromised. At that point I was still in HR. I was, um, I wanted to bring a coaching course into the, to, to HR, uh, sorry, and in, into the, um, the company I was at. So I did that. I went through a life coaching course and had my own personal wake-up call during that course and really decided I, I loved health and wellness. Then I took a health coaching course and that's where I discovered I had these food intolerances. So for me, when I took out gluten, dairy, and corn out of my diet, these health symptoms that I thought I was going to be stuck with and had nothing else that, you know, nothing would help, they began to improve. And, you know, looking at diet, looking at lifestyle. So not piling on that extra stuff all the time. So mm-hmm. looking at those lifestyle, looking at targeted supplements, um, I began to heal. But I did not discover this till I was 40. I was fully in menopause. I was no longer cycling. So if you're cycling naturally, there's things that we can do to help. You know, I thought I was a 
somewhat smart, educated person, but it just took me forever to figure this stuff out. But really, my message is one of hope because we're using the, uh, functional medicine, the tools of functional medicine, which are looking at the underlying cause of disease. There's things you can do. You know, yours, the, the, the infertility is, does not happen in a bubble. There's other, there's usually other health issues going on, and it's to look at the body in a holistic, holistic way. Okay. I just feel like I took an, a total college course on <laughs> like the reproductive system and I have a, a ton of questions, but this is, I mean, you have a pretty, like not only incredible journey and I love that, you know, based on what has happened to you, you've formed a whole business mm-hmm. around this to help women, which is awesome. And I love that it's not like, Hey, you know, buy this pill. Um, for 1990, it, it's, you know, you're, you're looking at this from a holistic perspective, which I love. Um, so let me understand again, bear in mind, I haven't had kids. So some of these things are not as familiar to me. I know they'll be familiar to a lot of women that are listening that are either have had kids or want to have kids and are experiencing infertility issues. But when you say, you know, you were diagnosed with, is it pre ovarian failure? Is that how it's, you said it? It's, it's premature ovarian failure. So POF. Or you can, or it can be called premature ovarian uh, insufficiency. Basically, it's it's the ovaries are are no longer working, and you're in you're in early menopause. Okay, so at that point in your early twenties, you were regularly having rashes, irregular periods, yeast infections. Were you during that time, and then hot flashes as well? Yeah. Were you? And, and I'm curious because we do hear a lot of women who have kind of disordered eating, um, excessive working out. If they get too skinny, they, you know, and, and a lot of figure competitors as well, they will stop their menstrual cycle mm-hmm. and they don't think anything of it. I'm curious if you in your twenties, were you heavily active in, in fitness or was this just kind of all of this was happening and it wasn't necessarily tight as well to fitness activity? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. I know what you're saying. So the, uh, Amenorrhea, I always pronounce that wrong, but amenorrhea, where basically, yeah, your 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 period stop, and that's sometimes due to a low BMI. So, like under, you know, if you're under nineteen, for me, I've always, I'm like six foot, I'm 140 pounds, I'm always been tall, tall and slim. That's just my makeup. I'm not a, I'm not an overexerciser or anything like that. Just sort of everything in in, in moderation for me. But okay. for me, I, I don't know how this started, and I I don't know if I was just you know, for my makeup, maybe I, I have um, non-celiac gluten sensitivity. I remember looking back in the mirror when I was 12 years old and going, why do I have these circles under my eyes and always having to use concealer? And, and I, dark circles on your eyes is a, is a, is a, is a, a signal for a, a food allergy. So um, that could have been a trigger. I remember li- living in a house um, in the forest. It's a cedar house. Carpenter ants came in. We my, my parents got in the, the exterminator, so there's always, you know, spray going around. My dog died of cancer when she was 10. My brother has a, a, a blood cancer, and I had infertility. Was it the toxins that we ingested? I, I don't know. Was it, you know, then, then I went out and left the house because we were eating this super healthy vegetarian vegan diet. Did, did that then trigger something when I started eating soup from a can and all this kind of junky brown food? was that just bad for me? And I, I, it's, it's hard to know because each person is so different, right? We've got people that go on the birth control pill and that completely destroys their micronutrient level, um, uh, levels or their, and their, and their, their, their gut, their healthy gut flora. So it's, I know it's really hard to know. That's true. And you know, it's, it's like so much of what we are talking about on 
Fitfluential Radio is getting our listeners and really everybody comfortable with the fact that whether it's in regards to reaching your fitness or your weight loss goals, or if it's in regards to finding a solution for you know bigger health and lifestyle um, sicknesses, for lack of a better way of saying it, you, you have to settle into the fact that you've got to find what is going to be your solution, your individual mm-hmm. solution. So, and I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit. You know, when you work with clients on these issues, it's not like, hey, here's a package. Let me give you this package. I'm guessing that you probably have to customize things and test and, and, and test out certain foods and so on. And everybody that's listening, you know, again, you've got to kind of get comfortable with, with the fact that a lot of this stuff takes time, but if you're looking to address, again, some of these big issues like infertility, isn't it worth investing the time in exploring lifestyle and food changes that could potentially do things that maybe modern medicine is not? I think, I think it's absolutely worth it. Again, considering the folks that I know that have been through infertility issues, they're they're beside themselves. They're, they're just, I don't want to say all of them are desperate, but full of despair in many ways. Um, it's destroyed a lot of marriages uh, with so many people. I mean, it's just, it can be devastating when, when you want to have kids and you can't. So this is, I, I know, going to be a valuable interview for so many. Um, back to, you know, I want to lead up to some of the things that you have found can be helpful for women in dealing and potentially, I don't know if you'd call it reversing infertility. We'll see what you say, but back to what happened with you, because I think there's a lot of people like that, that could be going through quite a lot of these issues. And, and what I'm hearing you say is in your early twenties, you had all of these, you know, kind of chronic conditions, yeast infections, rashes, irregular periods, the hot flashes, and you weren't really paying attention. And I think that's very common. I know that many of us, and maybe it's not that we've had those chronic conditions. And then later you're talking about having hives and dandruff and bladder infections, but you had it all the time. And I think particularly with women, it's very easy for us to write it off as, oh, it's stress. It's that time of the month. It's hormonal. And so we don't, seek attention for it or we don't seek help and we try to not make it that big of a deal, especially for women that have kids. They're, you know, very, very, I don't want to say notorious, but you know what I'm saying? It's very typical for women with kids to say, my my needs, my issues, they're, they're not that big of a deal. Let me focus on my kids and my family. And that's to be respected. But also on the other hand, women and moms need to learn how to put their health first. Do you think that that's common? Was that you know, what was going on with you? Because I know for me, in my early 20s, I had quite a lot of chronic conditions, different contexts, and I just ignored it. I justified it. And I, I didn't even think it was worth talking to a doctor about. Do you think that's very common? Yeah, I, I had no clue. Like I, I say now the people, your body will whisper to you, whisper, whisper, these little signals that we, you know, take a pill for or ignore or just think that's part of, that's just how we are or our genes, you know, we're destined to get these things you know, diet, you know, disease, uh, diet and lifestyle will either turn on or off disease. So it is, it is, you know, I, back then, you know, I, where I had, when I was a teenager, I had heavy periods to the point where I would almost faint every time, you know, pass out. And, and, and yeah, it's really, those, those symptoms are, can be different for everyone, obviously, but it's, it's to your, your body's trying to tell you something and really mm-hmm. your survival is more important than procreation. And usually like when we, when we do an intake with people, we ask, you know, when was the, when did you feel your, your best? 
well, then what happened at when you, then you weren't feeling so, so good. And maybe it might've been a move, a divorce, uh, um, a death in the family, like these sort of things, these things impact. And sometimes conventional medicine will, will not think that as part of the, you know, they're just going down a certain path where we're looking at the whole picture. You know, how were you as a baby? Maybe you were a fussy, colicky baby. Maybe something started back then when you were, maybe you were, you know, delivered via C-section. You didn't get the, your mother's, you know, beneficial bacteria from her, from the, the vaginal canal. So like, uh, there's a whole host of things, but I guess there, to me, there's, because people are struggling with infertility, like you said, they're, you know, it's one in six in Canada, one in eight in the U.S. It's, 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 um, it's on the rise due, due, due to the standard Western diet and people march off to the fertility clinic. I was one of the lucky ones that when I went to the fertility clinic, because with an IUI, there's a success rate of 10% average. The IVF is an average success rate of 30% and even donor eggs are it's a 50% success rate. And, and it takes an average, it takes an average of three cycles uh, to conceive with IVF at a cost of about $60,000. So this is like Whoa. huge money, you know, a financial strain, even that financial strain alone on, on, on a, on a, on a marriage or on a partnership mm. is, is, and then, you know, both of them, you know, learning, yearning to, to bring a, a child into the world when, and they feel stuck, they feel broken, they feel heartbroken. And, and then they, then, then they come to see me. That's usually the last resort. It's like, Oh, okay. I'm going to look at natural solutions before I give up. Mm. I've had people want to give up at 32, like mm. give up. You know, because it's it's just um, it's insane because there's other things going on. It's not just infertility. There's other things going on in your body. And when you know conventional medicine, it it, it is very helpful, right? It can be helpful for if you're in a car accident or it's trauma. But but you know, many doctors are moving towards functional medicine, which looks at the underlying cause of disease and really instead of just getting out a prescription pad and writing a, a pill or give, give, giving a pill, they're looking to see, well, well, why, why is this happening? I, that's a good way of I'm writing this down. Sorry. Um, that uh, you had such a good, simple description as the difference between traditional medicine, which is again, any doctor is, is going to agree with you, their job or their focus is when you come into their office, they're fixing your pain, they're fixing your issue and they're going to prescribe something. And mm-hmm. it's kind of a Turnham and Burnham um, approach. And, and, you know, you can blame that on, on myriad factors that are going into that, the insurance, um, you know, issues and, and the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, that's, that's how that business is run and it is a business. So just know, and we've all experienced this when you go in to see a doctor and you have a sore throat, they're not going to go, well, how long has this been going on? What's going on with your sleep? What about your life? What are you eating? You know, what changes? So they're not looking for the underlying cause. They're just looking at what medicine can make that pain go away. Right. Mm -hmm. And that there's, there's definitely, I will always reemphasize this when we're talking about traditional medicine and frustrations. I think that we're starting to see the beginnings of significant change in the industry, but a lot has to happen, right? There's a lot of doctors that are practicing. They can't just stop practicing the way they've been practicing and go to school to learn everything about functional medicine. You know, there's got to be a transitional phase. Now, functional medicine when you go to that kind of doctor, the, do- the do- kind of doctor that I go to um, for bioidentical treatment, you know, when I sit down with Dr. Sebring, who's been interviewed on the show and is going to be a regular on the show, he'll spend an hour and a half with me 
And he quite often, he did this last time, um, you know, look at my blood work and he'll sit down and pull up my file and, and he'll go over, okay, where was your, you know, HDL back then? What was your cortisol when you first came in? And what was your dose? And he's thinking about everything. And talking with me, what's going on in your life? What are you upset about? Where, you know, if it's, if it's weight gain or, or fat loss, you know, where are you re- holding the fat on? Where, and he asks all these questions. It's the big picture. So I love the way that you explain that because for everybody listening, it is a much different approach. It usually is. Sometimes, sadly, people will go to that as the last approach, whether it's for infertility or anything. Um, but it is what it is. The good thing is, it, is be, it's becoming more accepted. It's becoming more mainstream. And, you know, hopefully as well, a lot of these things are covered by insurance. That said, um, just for everybody listening who might be just starting down this path, can you define, and this is also for people like me that don't know what this is. I think you said IUI, IBF, and donor eggs. Now, or it's IVF, sorry, in vitro fertilization, right? Mm-hmm. And then what is, what's IVI? So, the, so uh, IUI, so interuterine inter- insemination. So, yeah, and that one's really it's like to me. Those are the, those are the. Uh, I don't. People go off toward towards IUI or IVF and donor eggs. That they're they're not looking at the other things that are going on in their body, and really, mm-hmm. they're they're going straight to conventional medicine and really not listening to your body. And to me, it's like that. It's that gra- grassroots, patient driven movement that will demand that, that this is to look at your body in a holistic way. Absolutely. And, you know, we're getting there. I mean, I will say this totally another, another category, if you will, but I have seen huge changes um, since founding Fitfluential and, you know, in 2011, the, the, I'm just going to say it's the non-GMO movement, right? Mm-hmm. And I used to be the person that was rolling my eyes at that three or four years ago because I never looked at labels. I didn't care about what I was putting into my body. And I certainly didn't tie the two together that, you know, it wasn't really until I got my blood work done and I started to see a doctor and understand, <laughs> holy hell, everything that was wrong with me from a hormonal imbalance perspective and the, and the potential causes for that. And then when they said, oh, if you had, you know, a history of um, antibiotics, yes. Have you been on the pill? I've been on the pill since I was 19. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could yeah. go on and on and on. And then you went, oh my God, facepalm moment. But it was also a lot of what I was eating, extreme dieting, um, lots of stress. You know, it, it made sense. So this is definitely becoming something that is is more accepted. And before we move on to my next question, though, if you don't mind, because I think this is fascinating when people are thinking about how they're going to address infertility and maybe again just starting. Let's save some people some time and maybe have them start thinking about looking at a lifestyle change versus traditional medicine. When you talk about that IUI, and you had mentioned that IVF can typically run $60,000, and I'm assuming a lot of that is not going to be covered by insurance, typically. Mm-hmm. Do you have any estimated costs or data around IUI costs? Um, yeah, I can, it's, it's going to be different. So it can be anywhere from $500 to $2,500 a cycle, and you're doing that each month. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of these, again, I think you had mentioned it's not like a sure thing. It's not like you going in and, and they're going to say, do this cycle for several months and you will be pregnant by this time. It's, it's an if, right? Well, yeah, because they think, you know, an, an RE, a reproductive endocrinologist is a, is a highly trained individual, but they don't, unless they're trained in functional medicine, 
they don't know how powerful diet lifestyle using functional tests are. It's just not part of their training. So even though for me, I would, you know, they helped me have both my children. So I'm obviously very grateful for conventional medicine because I, it worked for me, but the people that come to see me, it hasn't, they've slipped through the cracks. They've gone through multiple failed IBS, spent thousands and thousands of dollars. I just spoke to someone yesterday, five IUIs that didn't work. And you know, there's, there's like, we, we look at functional testing. We look at food sensitivity testing. Um, we look at hormone testing using the Dutch test. We look at stool testing. It looks, it looks at the uh, DNA of the stool. We have a lot of people that we work with. They find, we find parasites, we find back, bacterial infections, fungal infections, things that your conventional doctor, when they do their stool test, is going to be missed. So hmm. yeah. And the food sensitivity testing, it's delayed, delayed food sense, um, food sensitivity testing. So not like an allergy where you think, you know, you, you have the food and you immediately have a, have a maybe swollen lips or throat and you have a problem breathing, um, anaphylactic uh, reaction. So my son is anaphylactic to Kiwi. Um, this is a delayed reaction. So we look at the leap MRT as a test we use. It looks at 150 foods, 150 food chemicals, and really, you know, the bread you had on Friday, how is that impacting you on Monday? Is it digestive issues? Is it mood issues? Is it joint issues? If you have autoimmune disease, you know, so those, those sorts of things, it's all, all connected. And then, you know, looking, looking at your hormones, using the Dutch test, so look at it, it looks at your, um, to dried urine test and really looks at your sex hormones and your, your, um, cortisol and your melatonin. And part of my team, I have a, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. So she runs the functional tests and they're shipped internationally. Basically, this is the future of medicine, right? Where you can, where the, the tests are essentially done in your home. The, the, uh, the leap MRT, you need to go get a blood draw for it, but, uh, and they're shipped to the lab and then we get the results back. And it's really taking that targeted approach with testing and then layering in that personalized diet and lifestyle, looking at those pillars you know, for, especially for fertility, you do not want to be exercising, doing vigorous exercise. Training for the marathon right now is really not recommended because it could, you know, spike your cortisol levels and then that impacts your sex hormones. So you really, you want to, we recommend more, like we, we have a, we have fertility yoga, recommend, you know, brisk walking, you could do high intensity training, I guess, but really is to make sure how are you feeling the next day? Are you dying and crawling after you've had, you know, crawling on the ground after you've, you've worked out? Or do you feel good? So maybe you are a runner and you just, you run regularly and you could still feel, you know, um, you could feel okay, but you, you want to make sure that it's not putting a stress on your body. I've had people that they can't get pregnant and this one lady had celiac disease and she's, and she's running like 30 kilometers a week, just running an insane amount of mm. fitness. And she, it was her stress relief. So trying to give that up, she just couldn't do it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, each person is different. So looking at exercise, looking at sleep, we have people, and I got to have them back their whole entire day up to make sure that they prioritize sleep, getting a restorative seven to nine hours of sleep. That's you know really important for your, for, for your body. Um, and then uh, another part of our program is looking at mindset because you can have this, you know, beautiful, eat a beautiful, healthy diet. That's totally customized and personalized for you. But if you've got your relationship is stressful, your job is stressful, you've got all sorts of things going on and you've got, and maybe you don't even think, you know, an RE may have told you, sorry, your only chance of ever getting, having children are, are donor eggs, or you will never, you know, you're, you're, you've got a very low chances of ever conceiving. And that thought gets like stuck in your mind and you think that you'll never conceive. But 
you know, the power of the, like the mind body connection is, is massive. And even we just ran a group about a month ago with 12 ladies in there and three of them got pregnant just, just by doing in a six week course, just by doing uh, mindset shifts, like meditate, like simple stuff, like meditation, visualization, hypnotherapy, things that um, you've got to get that, like you keep stuffing that, those emotions down inside, it just prolongs the suffering. So you've got to get that out and really, you know, talk about it and then start to reframe it. You know, everything, again, I have two pages of notes here from our chat. And I think if for everybody listening, whether you are dealing with infertility issues or not, if you take a step back and think about this, like for me, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you, Sarah, and I'm thinking, you're talking about the fact that all of these things, your, your sleep, your stress, um, your attitude, um, if you're running yourself into the ground with your fitness, um, calming yourself down or not calming yourself down with meditation, and, and then you go back to food and lifestyle and all of these things that are intertwined, whether it's infertility or it's something else. This is just driving the point home that if we all need to start understanding the importance of looking at our bodies and our health as as life as like the bigger picture. You know, you've you've actually said that a couple times, Sarah, the bigger picture. And if more people did that instead of trying to go well, I have insulin resistance. How do I fix insulin resistance? Mm-hmm. How about what causes that? Because what, ins- like for me, I've, I've been dealing with insulin resistance and just getting my last blood work by changing my lifestyle um, because a re- my, my first doctor put me on metformin to address mm-hmm. that. I learned later that can cause other issues. So my doctor took me off that and then I really just have changed my diet over and, and focused on stress. All of these things, not just for insulin resistance, but for a my- myriad of, of other hormonal problems. And in my blood work this last time, Dr. Sebring told me, he said, your insulin is optimized. You, you've mm-hmm. just, and so completely naturally. And again, just if, whether you're listening to Sarah about infertility, I hope you're hearing that so many things can affect your body, your state of mind and your health, and then they can trickle down. I mean, that's my simple way of putting it. It can trickle down and affect all the processes that are going on underneath the skin, right? Your reproductive processes, um, you know, your, it can affect things like we've heard folks on the show talking about asthma. You know, it's not just a simple, like, give me, give me an inhaler and give me some medicine for my asthma. You can change that. I can't wait for everybody to listen to the interview we have with Dr. Renee. So is it hard? Let me ask you this, Sarah, a couple of things, because of course we're getting close on our time. Um, this has been a great show. I think we might need to invite you back because what a great topic. Um, when you have clients that that come to you and they've obviously probably been down many of these other paths, the IVF, the donor eggs, et cetera. Do you, are they typically very skeptical that just focusing on some of these things, sleep, um, re- decreasing stress, focusing on your mindset, visualization, are they, do you typically get people that are extremely skeptical that this is going to work for them? No, I actually get people that, that they're like, you know what, they're, because basically I want to work with people when I say this, they're nodding their head. Yes, this is making sense. This makes sense. If you're over there and you're, and you're, I, I'm not, I'm not going to drag you across the line. Like you've, you've got to, because we, we can, you've got to do the work. Mm-hmm. When we work together as a coach, you're making all these changes. So most people have 
tried a whole bunch of natural things. Maybe they've gone paleo, maybe they're vegan, they've had more plant, whatever, whole 30, they could have done a whole host of things. Um, um, but they haven't taken that targeted approach. And so, so they're just looking for someone to tie it all together. And we actually get a lot of medical people. We get a lot of nurses, doctors, and physicians assistants, like we, because there's, we take that scientific approach with the testing. Because some people, and, you know, some people might just focus on mindset or they might just focus on diet. Like we combine all three because we believe it's the testing, it's the personalized diet and lifestyle, and it's the mindset. And all of them, you know, to, not all at once, but all together. And then every day you make these little changes and, and it's for a person that's not in their head. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm ready. You know, my body is telling me something and I want to work on my health focus on, especially for postpartum, you don't focus on yourself postpartum. You can have issues being not being able to even take care of your child. And then I didn't figure this out. And both my children have food allergies. So hmm. your children's health and your children's children, like epigenetics, like it's, it's a huge, uh, a huge thing. And it's really to, to start with yourself and just you do the best you can. And you've, you're listening to this. So you're, 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 you're learning about you know, functional medicine and, and, and natural solutions. You've heard it for a reason. So me to now, it's like time to take action. Um, I love everything you said. And um, I have your, your website. I want you to tell people how to find you in just a second. But as, I, as we were talking, I pulled up, you know, your site. And, you know, just there's a wealth of information you have here. And, and I've got like stress in your fertility, learn how to cope and thrive, nutrition in your fertility, um, the foods, essential oils to boost your fertility. These are a lot of things, you know, that we've had other guests on the show talk about, hey, this helped me with my asthma or this helped me with my, um, my arthritis that has been, you know, issue and it's had an, it, that had an issue on my running or whatever. Everything's connected. And I love it, I love that you are looking at this not only from the big picture, but also that you know there's there's layers of things that you can try. And again, that's where we have to be comfortable with. Hey, I've got to test some things out over the long term and see what works for me. I have had you mentioned the Dutch test. That is actually a fantastic and extremely thorough uh, mm-hmm. test. In fact, I might want to have mine redone again. I'll ask Dr. Sebring about that, but. Um, it's amazing for all of you that are listening, and we'll link up to that, um, how much information comes out of that. Um, and, and I feel the same way about blood work, which is why we want to make sure that um, we've actually got some cool news about blood work and, and such. Because the number one question we get from people that listen to the podcast is, they're like, okay, great. Where do I get blood work? And then the second question is, I found a place for blood work. Where can we get it interpreted for us? So we actually have a cool organization we stumbled on. We're doing some due diligence with them, but I think it sounds pretty cool. And it's just cool in general that there's more people like you, Sarah, that are out there. It's maybe not as mainstream, but it's definitely legitimate. And I encourage everybody who's even thinking about this. Now, let me ask you this, Sarah. So this is the last question. And, and it'll segue right into, I want you to tell people where they can find you online. You, you obviously, you're a health coach. You, you, this is what you do, your business. It's based on helping women with fertility from a more holistic, uh, functional medicine perspective or a functional approach. Um, can, if I was in Chicago, Illinois, and I'm a woman with fertility issues, can I work with you? I have, I, I have no idea. Do you have to see people in person? No, totally. Mine, mine is all over Zoom. So basically, I've got people okay. Australia, New Zealand, Canada, uh, Mexico, states. Like it's 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 international. The kits are shipped 
internationally and you know with my, my my team a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner brandy she's you know it's it's all all online so this is the you know we're lucky we're we're in 2018 that we we can do this um no kidding. Work, work work remotely right awesome mm-hmm. that's well i mean because again there's just so many people that are like well that's great and i've tried to find somebody in chicago or miami and you know everybody wants to find the fit, right? And find a fit, whether it's a coach or a fitness advisor or nutritionist, but in this case, help with fertility. And this is awesome. So Sarah, where do they find you online? Yeah, so totally. You can check out my podcast at Get Pregnant Naturally. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Yeah. And I didn't know you had a podcast. That's oh, so yeah. cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we focus on the first part of the year. So just it just launched in January 2018. So we talked about uh, mindset for the first part of the year, and we're just switching into diet. So kind of almost like Netflix. I don't necessarily launch them all at once, but they're kind of a in a in a focus kind of segment. So um, doing that, so focusing on diet, and then you can uh, download the uh, fertility diet freebie, which is uh, so freebie f r e e b i e, and that is um, a three day fertility diet challenge. Basically, taking the the Harvard Nurses Study, which is a study of over 18,000 nurses over the course of eight years, and looked at the best best strategies for fertility. And then we take it kind of um, a step further using the tools of functional medicine. So that's a that's a three-day diet challenge you can download. And yeah, check out my website at uh, fabfabfertile.com. And I've got lots of information and more free stuff on there for you too. This is so cool. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even looking to be a mom or have I dealt with any of this in the past, but I, again, I just, I know so many people and some people in my own family. Um, and, and I just know that this is going to be a tremendous resource and a lot of women are going to want to reach out to you after the show. So thanks for, of course, everybody listening, we will link up to everything, uh, that we mentioned in the show. And, um, Sarah, I'll be talking to you afterwards about coming back on, um, potentially, you know, having some of your stuff featured on fitfluential.com as well. For everybody listening, if you have any questions in particular, of course, we encourage you, uh, if you have questions for Sarah, to reach out to her directly on her sites, which again, will be linked in fitfluentialradio.com, the show notes. Uh, But if you have questions for us in general on infertility-related topics that you would like to have us cover on a second show, obviously, we encourage you to listen to Sarah's podcast as well. Um, But feel free to email those to podcast at fitfluential.com. You can also use that same email if you would like to nominate anyone that you feel we should be interviewing on this show. We also have uh, about a hundred new hosts that are going to be on our Fitfluential Radio Network coming up later this year. We are very excited about that and feel free as well. That is an application uh, process. There's an application process to go through with us, but you can uh, either nominate yourself or somebody else to be considered for that as well. Um, Our goal is to educate on Fitfluential Radio. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening in. This marks the end of this episode with Sarah Clark. I hope you enjoyed it. And certainly for those of you who are listening, who have been experiencing frustrations uh, with getting pregnant or just infertility issues in general over the long term, if you are doing your research, we will link up to um, the Fab Fertile website and everything you need to know about Sarah and her new book that has recently been published. I think you'll want to check that out. Fabulously Fertile 
oil, supercharge your fertility naturally. I will link up to that as well in the show notes at thekellyoshow.com. If this show was helpful to you and you know other women who have been struggling uh, with getting pregnant or again with infertility issues in general, I hope that you will share this with them. And if you haven't had a chance yet to leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice, I would so appreciate it. That helps the show get seen and heard by more people uh, who can benefit from some of this amazing information that we put together for you on the show. Thank you so, so much. Make sure you head on over to thekellyoshow.com for the notes. And while you're there, hit subscribe so that you can be subscribed to our newsletter, uh, both for the podcast and for my blog at kellyalexa.com. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We will see you next time on The Kelly O Show.